The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Anyway, today we're going to be moving into the fifth season, and I want to start by taking you back to the very objective of these meetings. Grace culture was put together to communicate and purpose the, the, the principles of grace. Because literally, grace is not just your dispensation, is what defines your lifestyle. Are we a people of faith? Come on, talk to me. Are we a people of faith? Yes, but do you know, the reason why we are people of faith is because we have been called by grace. Faith simply exists to take grace. Can we say that together right now? Say faith exists to take grace. So there will not be faith if there's not what? Grace. The just lives by faith because grace is how is what he lives on. The faith is to take grace. And that's why it's so important for you and I to be established in grace. You have to be established in grace. Uh, there, there was something I shared with the ministers yesterday, and I shared along that line also yesterday. I'm not too sure if I want to share it. Or I want to just dive in into today's teaching, which is about grace being the foundation of trueness. Ladies and gentlemen, the grace of God is so vital, is so essential. In fact, outside of God's grace, we're nothing. I'm not even outside of God's grace, we're nothing. And I'm not just talking about a Christian cliche, cliche oh yeah, it's the grace of God. How many of you have ever been in a meeting before? I think I've been part of a few meetings like that when I was an undergraduate. Somebody closed the meeting. I said, no, we cannot leave you because we have not shared the grace. Anybody has ever? Please let me appreciate Reverend Wale Ajayi. Now, I've never even been in a meeting like that. And, you know, somebody wanted to close. said, no, we cannot close because we have not shared grace. So grace has to be shared, like a nursery rhyme. Yeah, let's share grace. One, two, three, share grace. The love of God and the sister. And they added another phrase to it. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow all the days of our life. There's nothing bad in it. For as long as it's done by revelation. But it's a religion in most places. Now, the, qu the question is, do you have an understanding of what it means to have a culture of grace? The lifestyle of faith is only relevant because of grace. Because faith takes from grace. If there's no grace, there's nothing faith will take. You know, I had an encounter with the Lord Jesus recently that shook me. And I'm going to start on that note. The Lord began to deal with me. He said, you are so familiar with instances in the scripture where people release their faith. And, you know, as a result of that, they got something, you know, miraculous. The supernatural showed up because they connected to the grace of God through what? Their faith. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. And the classic example is the story of the woman with the issue of blood, right? Now she heard that Jesus was in town and she made up her mind, if I may touch them of his garment, I'll be what? Made up. And she did that. And she was made up, right? You know about the centurion who was so convinced that Jesus had the solution. Just speak a word and my servant will be what? Made up. And of course, you know about the, the, blind, the blind man who cried out unto, uh, unto grace. Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. And what happens? He was made old. But the Lord spoke to me. He said, do you know there are so many instances 
where the people did not have an idea that they were about to be helped. And grace showed up and helped them. Is somebody following me this morning? A perfect example is John chapter 5, the, the man that was blind for 38 years. That man had no idea that grace was around. Grace showed up. And he said, do you want to be made whole? So he was not the one that initiated it. Rather, grace initiated the process. And you know, for him to have been made whole, that means faith was involved. But the amazing thing was, when grace showed up, there was also an impartation of faith. The moment he said, do you want to be made whole? There was a release. Arise, take up your bed. That moment, something changed inside of that man. He shifted to faith. Why? The same grace that brought the provision also brought the capacity to receive the provision. Now, I was talking to the pastors this morning. I said, most of us are so used to, you know, my expectations will be met. I release my faith and I get results. What about coming into a season? Can I prophesy this morning? Where you are constantly helped beyond your expectation. Oh, come on, come on. Is somebody following me? Somebody say, I am constantly helped beyond my expectation. In Luke chapter 13, the woman that was bent over for 18 years had no expectation that she was about to be helped. Grace showed up in the synagogue. I said, oh, not this woman, the daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound. And the moment Grace showed up and made that declaration, there was an impartation of faith. She changed her position and she took from Grace. She was not expecting it. But Grace showed up. There was a visitation of grace which came with an impartation of faith and brought the supernatural. But you know, I, I did a little research. I realized almost every of those miracles involving the impartation of faith through the visitation of grace took place on the Sabbath day. Oh, you didn't hear me. Every one of them took place on the Sabbath day when men were resting. Hmm. So it is easy for grace to visit when you are at rest. Hmm. There is a visitation of grace that happens so naturally. And when that visitation happens, it comes with a package of faith. Because you are rested. It's so natural. Boom! There's a visitation. Grace visits when men rest. Can you lift up your hands and shout, I rest in grace. I rest in the finished work of Christ. And I receive what is mine. In other words, you begin, can I prophesy this morning? You begin to receive beyond your confession. Mm. Uh, you know, some of us confine our manifestation to what we are confessing. But there's a visitation of grace that makes you to receive even more than what you have on your list. Should you have a list? Yes, you should have a list. I mean, you have a, a routine, a disciplined life. You say it all the time. I'm blessed, I'm this, I'm that. But even beyond what you are saying, because grace cares. What about the man that was born blind? In John chapter 5. That man had no idea that he was about to be visited by grace. In fact, there was a the people were, they were having, I mean, they were having an argument. Oh, who is responsible for the blindness? Is it the man or the parents? By the way, how can you accuse a man that was born blind of sinning to be blind? Now, when did this sin to become blind? Remember, he was born blind. He sinned as a fetus. Oh, you didn't hear in the mother's womb. He sinned so much that the sin generated what? Blindness. Religion is a terrible thing. Jesus said, none of this counts. What counts is this is an opportunity for the works of God to be manifested. This is an opportunity for glory. Yeah. And boom, he got spots on the, on, the on, 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 on the death, made clay from it, put it on the man's eyes. 
Do you know the moment he said, go wash in the pool of Celia? Faith was released right there. There was an impartation of it. Remember, the man had no idea. He did not arrange for it. He was not the one that scheduled the meeting with Jesus. Grace came to him. I declare in this season, grace is coming to somebody. Grace paid him a visit. Because grace cares. But you know, you have such visitations when you learn to rest. Just rest. Can you sit and, and literally demonstrate that you are rested? Just say, I rest. I rest. Come on, scream and say, I rest. Come on, come on, stretch yourself. Say, I rest. Come on, scream to me. Say, I rest. I believe we have a bunch of pastors in the house and they need to rest. Because a lot of them yesterday, they were not resting. They were monitoring the attendance. How many people are in church? Are they up to 300 now? Stretch yourself and say, I rest. You'll be shocked how many pastors don't get blessed in services because of unrest. All over the place. Hallelujah for the Lord God. Why is that usha there? Hallelujah. Please relax and just rest. No agitation. So I say, no, what if nobody comes to church? God will be in church. The Holy Spirit will be in church. And I will be in church. We have enough party. Rest. Just rest. And as you rest, grace visits. <laughs> will I have enough faith? I don't know what I'm talking to right now, but I sense in my spirit, somebody's thinking, will I have enough faith for that building project? If that building project was allocated by grace, there's an impartation of faith. You know, one of the things that we've done over the years is that we have made so much works out of faith. So much works. I need to build my faith. Really? Really? Look, you come here. Look, it's my daughter. So, assuming her birthday is, when's your birthday? What card do you really like? <laughs> you are thinking. A Ford would do, sir. A Ford. Which kind of Ford? There's Taurus, there's Explorer, there's Expeditor. I need a little bit about cars. Courtesy, my son, he's been teaching me. Which one? Explorer? Explorer, okay. Explorer. So, so I got to know that she likes Ford Explorer. So I went into a dealership. Have an Explorer customized, green. And black, <laughs> leather, interior, everything. It really looks like her. And on that body, I drove right in front of her house, parked the car right there, came to her door, pushed the button, and she opened and said, Happy birthday to you. You really came. Say yes. And I said, On top of it, and I started dangling a key. I said, oh my God. And she looked and she saw the, the green and black explorer. I said, oh my God. Is that for me? Say yes. And she says, oh, thank you. And she grabbed it. Thank you. And now she goes around and says, I release my faith. <laughs> Grace knew what you need. Grace customized what you need. Grace brought what you need. Right in front of your house, the only thing you did was you came out and you received it. And all of a sudden, that coming out and receiving it is now the work. <laughs> There's a reorientation. There's a reorientation. And that's the reason why a lot of Christians are struggling because faith has been projected as a real work. And in the first place, this whole process of grace faith was put in place to eliminate work. But human nature, we, need, we love to claim the credits. I use my faith. Which faith? I thought God gave you that faith. Because that, it was a God kind of faith, was it not? There's a, you know, there's a mode of rest that make... The flow of grace and the flow of faith natural. Yeah. 
And that is the whole essence of these meetings. For you to come into that, that flow, that flow, that flow. I know I'm supposed to be talking about holiness, but I need to set this foundation right. That flow, that flow. Now, I mean, God gave us an amazing facility in Chicago. The apostolic place, everybody has been talking about it. I mean, one of the best worship places in Chicago now, to the glory of God. Now, listen, when people ask me, how did you do it? I, the first response is, I didn't do it. We did not even have a building project. There was no committee. And I was not releasing my faith for a building. Because some of you believe you have to release your faith before anything happens. I did not. And that's the greatest building project we've ever done in the history of this ministry. No faith was released in that sense. But was faith involved? Yes! Even I did not know I needed a building. There are things you don't know you need, but God knows you need for the next season. Can I, can I prophesy? There are things you don't know, but based on his program and his agenda, he knows you need it. You come to a place of rest and your, li- your life is ordered by grace. Is somebody listening to me? Your life is ordered by grace and it pushes you into your manifestation. And for every face, there will be an impartation of faith to receive what you need in that face. I mean, it was a naming ceremony I went to. One of our church members did a weird naming ceremony. And you understand? You know, naming ceremony, according to our culture, is done eight days, right? This was like 35 days. Because the person has, has been out of the country for almost 40 years. So he doesn't even know. You know, people that don't know the culture, they are trying to do the culture. They are the, they are the very they are the funniest of all people. They say, I want to do the naming ceremony. That child was born a long time. He said, I want to really do it. The wife is American. He said, okay, I will come. I don't normally do naming ceremony again. I have pastors that do that. I said, okay, I will do it just to annoy him. Especially since he really wanted to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I showed up at the naming ceremony. And, you know, I said a few things for about 15 minutes. All of a sudden, this African-American woman got up and she walked towards me. After I went to sit down, you know, he said, it's an informal gathering. It was not a church. So she said, oh, pastor, you really blessed me. I've never been this blessed all my life. And I know what I'm saying because I grew up in a pastor's house. My grandfather is a pastor. So I said, thank you for the, for the appreciation. So she went to sit down. Then after 15 minutes, she rose up again. I declare by the visitation of grace, somebody is about to be pleasantly surprised in this. You know, when grace has scheduled a manifestation, things will happen in a way that it does not make sense. Somebody who is normally reserved will become outgoing. Mm. The king will sleep and we have a dream. And he will be so troubled that maybe he's been having dreams forever and he did not bother him. But this dream, all of a sudden, is like this must be interpreted. Something that didn't make sense. So after 15 minutes, she got up again and came back. Said, Pastor, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But I just have to say this. I said, what's that? So, 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 so the Lord told me. I don't know how often he asked, she asked the Lord. <laughs> but on that day, she became a prophet. He said, the Lord told me that my grandfather's church is your church. Wow. I said, your grandfather? Me. He said, yes. So after the place, after the name is, I said, can I have the address of the church that you said is my church? <laughs> <laughs> very strange so when I got home I told my wife I said, my wife was in the meeting too I said do you know what that lady told me Say, yeah. what did she say she said our grandfather's church is our church Your, our church Say, said yes that's what she said though I said did she give you the address said, she gave me the address so thank God for Google we Google it <laughs> maybe it's a storefront church who knows <laughs> maybe it's an underground church who knows it maybe it's a basement church who knows you know there's some Blessing, they are more of liability. <laughs> I heard of somebody that walked up to a man of God. He said, oh, I want to bless you with a car. <laughs> and man of God said, Wow. And he received the car key. And as he was receiving the car key, he gave him the payment plan. 
this how much you'll be paying every month. <laughs> but the car is yours. <laughs> what, a, what a seed. <laughs> That's a very costly seed. <laughs> That's the time you rise up and say, I'm not late to receive this seed. <laughs> Can you give me a car that has a payment plan? Apparently, he got the car and he realized he can't afford the payment plan. So he said, Let me look for somebody to sow into. And so he sowed. I, I know. So at times, when people want to sow seeds, ask, What kind of seed are you sowing? <laughs> so that evening, my wife and I drove to the building, looked at it, and said, Ah, it's almost a street. So we're thinking, well, God knows how much. Not knowing God has taken care of everything. At the end of the day, we paid less than 10% of the worth of the building. And the building was not even listed on the MLS, the, that's the, uh, the real estate uh, database. It was not listed for the general public to see. It was not on market. Because God has kept it for us. Everything was ready. So it was a process initiated by grace. And in the, when we found ourselves in that grace setup, we realized there was an impartation of faith to take it. So don't be so dogmatic, oh yeah, it's everything I release my faith for, I get. You get more than what you are releasing your faith for. Because there are things that you need. Can I prophesy right now? There are things you need for your life, for your ministry, that you don't even know now. But grace knows it. So every day say, Lord, I am an individual that is helped. Can you say it loud and clear? Say, I am an individual that is helped by God. Say my ministry is helped by God. My family is helped by God. So you ought to be a people. We ought to be a people helped by God. Because that's what grace is meant for. To help you. You don't have to be in charge quote and unquote all the time because of your faith. Let grace set you up. And you know what? If grace sets you up, you won't have to wonder if you are fit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for it. Because there's no way grace will set you up that grace will not come with the package of faith. I understand all the teaching of you spend time on the world for five weeks, you meditate, you ruminate, you cultivate, you, then you step out. I believe it. I'm not speaking against it. But there's also a supernatural impartation yeah, of faith. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm serious. I've seen it. I mean, all the three stories I shared with you, go and read it very well. All of a sudden, their position changed. That woman was in the synagogue. She's been coming to that synagogue forever. But when grace showed up, faith came. She was not the one that started the process. But the moment it, the faith grace said, woman, thou are loosed. Boom. Faith came as she received it. Wow. The same man that's, 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 been, that's had spirit of family for 38 years. In fact, when Grace showed up, she started complaining. I have nobody to help me. You know, no background, no credentials, no connection. You look at my miserable condition. That was his state. Grace just ignored that unbelief. Hmm. Arise, take up your bed. No, the release of that grace, boom, faith just came. Someone said, how do you know? She, he took up his bed. That's faith. That's God told me to tell you, he said, don't do the calculation. Just expect the visitation. Amen. Are you listening to me? Because some of us are busy calculating. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, at church, we receive offering of 150,000 naira every month. How are we going to ever, hey, can I prophesy? How are we ever going to buy a property, a piece of land to build? That's the nonsense you are doing. That is nonsense. Stop it. Mm, yeah, 150, you are calculating 150 times 52. 
Oh, what's that? Cannot even buy a quarter of a, a plot in your neighborhood. Stop the calculation. Just expect the visitation. There will be a visitation of grace. Boom! And boy, things will line up. In fact, you will, by the time you are done with the project, you will ask yourself, how did we do it? The amount of money we spent in the last one and a half years, I don't understand. All I can tell you is that the money was there all the time. Strange things happen. People whose businesses were grounded, all of a sudden resurrected. There was a man during the building project. He just, something just came upon him almost every week. We just come and say, Pastor, eh, I'm going to put another 10,000 in the building of one. He said, go and put it. You and put it. You are in the spirit. The Lord is leading you. Go and put it. Almost every week, 10,000 in the building. I said, put it. My friend, you are in the spirit. You cannot be the devil. It's God leading you. Put it. And he told me, he told me a few weeks ago, he said, do you know how much our business did in the last few months? He said, we did over $700,000 profit. The same man. So grace knows how to make the arrangements. Even an allergy in your neighborhood will cooperate. It might be the one that will give you the land. He said, I just feel like you should have the land. We ordered the air condition. I mean, we wanted to order more. And the company delivered more than we ordered. So we called them. This is not what we ordered. They said, no, this is what you ordered. I said, I have the invoice. He says, three, you deliver six. They said, no, you order six. I said, I said, it's three. So after a while, I kept quiet. So they now come back like two days ago. Oh, we saw the mistake. Uh, I said, we have opened it. Oh. <laughs> so they said, keep it. <laughs> so in fact, integrity said, we've opened it. Oh. We can work payment plan oh, because it's not in our budget. I told you. The other three, he said, ah, it was a technical error. I said, what do we do now? We have opened it. That's it. So, thank you, Jesus. That's their own seat. The company sold into a building project. Glory, glory, glory. I mean, when they started again with me, no. I said, it's three. He said, it's six, you are that. Ah. Okay, if you said so, but I think it's three. It says six. <laughs> so just rest. Don't you never say rest. There's a delivery of grace waiting for you. But you gotta rest. And you know, this rest is not just for physical manifestations, it's also in Every area, including your walk as a believer in holiness. Holiness is not a function of Moses or determination or, or willpower. I will not. I will not. <laughs> I remember the, there was a time in my life, you know, the team scripture of every for anything like that is Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. Daniel purposed in his heart that he will not. He will not. I propose. But you do more than propose, you will do proposal. You will still do it. The reason why Daniel was able was not because he was, his mind was made up, it was because he was helped. And I will prove it to you. Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. Let's see it together. Because the people project it as if it's a function of willpower. Brethren, let us make up our minds. None of you have had messages like that. Make, Daniel proposed in his heart. You propose in your heart. Daniel wants one. Are you see it? Said Daniel proposed. Can you see it again? In his heart. That he will not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat. Nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the Enoch that he might not defile himself. Please, can you go to verse 9? Now God had brought Daniel into favor. 
There was a favor drive. In fact, the reason why he could propose was because he was under favor. He was helped. The reason why he was able to make up his mind and get it done was because he was helped. There's such a thing as the grace of God assisting your destiny. Your destiny is designed to be assisted by grace. Raising children, family life, everything where you are concerned is supposed to be by grace. That's why the Bible says the just lives by faith because he's constantly drawing grace. He's drawing grace for his finances, drawing grace for his ministry, drawing grace for his every aspect of for his health. In fact, as I'm speaking right now, if you have any symptom on your body, I declare as we draw grace together on your behalf right now, that symptom disappears. We draw grace. We draw grace. We are not a self-dependent people. We are not dependent on our background. We are not dependent on our credentials. We are not dependent on our experience. We depend solely on the grace of God. Our sufficiency is in the grace of God. Our drive is the grace of God. We are a grace-dependent people. If, in fact, the reason why we pray is because we are so dependent. Because prayer is an expression of humility. It's you saying, I can't run me by me. I need to be run. I need to be helped. If my people are called by my name, we humble themselves and pray. So prayer is a position of humility. And when you are not praying, it's a statement of pride. It's you say, Lord, I need supplies. Supply. And if you are spiritual intelligent enough, you realize after praying the Holy Ghost for, for a while, men to serve. Interpretation will begin to come. Man to serve. That's your supply. The wisdom. Man to serve. You, you just, how many of you have ever prayed like that? You finish prayer and you just knew what to do. The solution came. Because you demonstrated dependency. Rather than being independent. And grace flowed. The other day I had a negative report concerning one of my businesses. You know the normal thing is that you, you first of all get frustrated. These workers, they will not listen. I just say, come. And I've noticed a lot of times when I'm on mission like this. That's when some of those funny reports start coming. I'm serious. <laughs> when I'm far from the place. When I'm supposed to be focused on the assignments. I said, no way. I remember Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Jesus said, let us go to the other side. A storm of a recomposition came. Okay, what did Jesus do? He slept. He said, I'm going to sleep. So I said, in the name of Jesus, I arrest everything going on concerning you. I cast my cares and I call it done. And I will not allow my mind to go there again. So I woke up this morning. I got an email from my manager. Oh, yes, it has been said to somebody's going there. I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You draw grace. You know, casting of cares is an expression of, you know, drawing grace. When you cast your cares, you receive his rest. And before you receive anything, the first thing you are supposed to receive is rest. Somebody say, I I receive receive his rest. Because until you receive his rest, you will not receive the manifestation. So before anything happens, rest. In the midst of that affliction, rest. You know, there's such a thing as a supply of grace to keep you even before the breakthrough. Ask Joseph, he will tell you that grace is real. He kept me in Potiphar's house. He kept me in the pit and he kept me in the prison. So the question is, can you rest in the pit? Because some of us are so eager about the manifestation that we are now in unrest. So agitated. What's going on? That's not the way to get grace flowing. Grace is real. Remember those three stories I shared with you. Grace visited when men were resting on the Sabbath day. Grace just did on the Sabbath day. Ought not this woman, 
Lankata. Stories are changing as men are resting. Man to go. You're a single man, you want to get married? That's the way to get married. Take your mind off marriage, put it on Jesus. By the way, you are somebody's bride already. (laughs) Can you focus on him? All this all wired up about marriage does not get you remarriage. You can get married, but mm -hmm. it's more of mystery than marriage. I need a man, I need a woman. No, that's not the way to get a man or a woman. Just rest. And by the way, there's a scripture that we have religiously thrown around for years. If I believed at all, I would throw men unto me. Somebody lift up Jesus so that he can begin. Listen, gentlemen, that's not what he was talking about. If you really want to understand what he's talking about, go to Numbers 27. When the children of Israel were beat, they got beaten by the snake, Moses went to God and said, God, how do we resolve the situation? And God said, this is the solution. Put a bronze serpent on a pole and tell them to lift up their heads and look at it. And as they look, their wounds will be healed. Beholding Jesus. That's what he's talking about. He was talking about Jesus on the cross. Paying the price for your sin. Say, if I be lifted up, then I will draw men unto me. In other words, grace will be released. As I'm lifted up. So let him be lifted up on the cross. And just see him on the cross. Not just in praise and worship. <laughs> Let me say one more thing before I bring on a, a special speaker for the day. You know, I'm a general speaker today. Go to Mark chapter 2, verse 3. You know, the day the Lord revealed this scripture to me, I felt like running all over the place. You're screaming. Mark chapter 2, verse 3. It says, And they come, and they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. In other words, they brought a man. Can you give me the new KJV? This does not sound like a language I speak all the time. (laughs) Thank you. He said, Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic, who was carried by four men. Run it down, please. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they covered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. Go further. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Those people have actually developed doctrines around this. Say, can you see the reason why people are sick? It's because of their sins. Now, I'm about to attack that religious mindset. The Spirit of the Lord revealed to me, he said, the reason why this man could not receive all this wealth was because he did not believe he has been forgiven. So the reason why people are in affliction is not necessarily because of their sins, but because they don't believe they are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. It's time to receive. There's no sin standing in your way. How many Christians are walking around like their sins are retained? And that's why they do per second forgiveness of sin. Lord, forgive me, forgive me. Sins of omission, sins of commission. Sins I don't, sins I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not for sin. Get me right. But there's no way you are wear sin and wear Jesus at the same time. You will have to choose one. Should I say it again? You cannot wear sin and wear Jesus. You will have to pick one. Mm-hmm. 
If you wear sin, Jesus has been displaced. If you wear Jesus, you have no room for wearing sin. Your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. He needed to believe. His sins have been forgiven. And look at the response of religious people. Go further down. Go further down. Son, your sins are forgiven. That's one of the greatest confessions you can make every morning when you wake up. I'm forgiven. (laughs) Come on, lift up your two hands and shout, I am forgiven. Come on, scream it. I am forgiven. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. (laughs) My sins are forgiven. Son, your sins are forgiven. Son, your sins are forgiven. <laughs> my sins are forgiven. <laughs> Why are you getting excited? I know my sins are forgiven. No sin can stand in my way. My sins are forgiven. Rather than thinking when anything goes wrong, maybe because of the sin I committed. No, my sins are forgiven. My sins are forgiven. My sins are forgiven. Inasmuch as I have nothing wrong, Nothing, I mean, I have nothing against, you know, confessing your sin, especially when you realize you've done something you ought not to do. Say, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. That's appropriate. But technically, do you know it was not when you said, I'm sorry, that you are forgiven. You are forgiven 2,000 years ago. Now, the question is, were you forgiven because of your confession or were you forgiven because of the blood of Jesus? Of the blood of Jesus. When was the blood of Jesus shed? So you wear the consciousness, I'm forgiven. Now, and one of the reasons why this is so important, you know, whenever I'm thinking about this, teaching about this and the, and, and, and the doctrine of righteousness, I'm so strong because those two doctrines are so vital. You need to know the devil's role as an accuser of the brethren. Now, I don't have all the time. I would have gone into some, you know, pre-Adamic existence to let you know his job as one of the cherubim. He was a custodian of God's righteousness. That's one of his job descriptions, to maintain righteousness. And that's why when he flipped, he still shows up accusing. Are you getting my point? Because by nature, he was designed to defend the righteousness of God. And that's why your redemption had to be done properly. It was not just a function of God's love. It was also a function of God's righteousness. Somebody had to die as a man. Because that was the only way man would be redeemable. So you not knowing that your sins are forgiven, you have just given the devil an advantage. You not knowing that your acceptance is not a function of your performance. You have just given the devil an advantage. Now, there's an expectation of you to walk in holiness, which is a fruit of righteousness. Are you listening to me? And we're going to get into all that. But the starting point is you accepting your new status. Forgiving and righteous. It's not what you do that makes you righteous. It's not the confession of your sins that make you forgiving. Hmm. How many sins will you confess? It will be a lot. Because according to Romans chapter 14 verse 23, whatsoever is not of it is sin. Ah. Should we start counting? <laughs> Everything that is not of faith in your life, you will confess till you die. And you will not finish the confession. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Yes, you will confess till you die. Ah, Lord, this one. I remember ah, that it was not of faith. Lord, I'm sorry. 
The pastor said it. I did not believe it. Lord, I'm sorry. I confess. It's not that confession that makes you forgiving. It's the blood that was shed. So just put your faith in what Jesus finished. And every day scream, I am forgiven. Lift up your two hands and shout, I am forgiven. I am forgiven. I am not a criminal. Oh, I need somebody to shout and say, I am not a criminal. In this family, we don't have criminals. Yeah. <laughs> I should say it again. Some are laughing because it's so true. In this family, there are no what? Criminals. Come on, scream it. I am not a criminal. I am, not a criminal. I am forgiving. And I'm righteous. Come on, scream if you believe that truth. Come on, scream. Just scream. Just scream. Is so important. It's the foundation. Now, grace was about to be unleashed to this man. And the first thing Jesus said, he said, let's get this sin out of the way. Your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. It's time to receive. <laughs> the religious people go mad. How dare you forgive sin? And I say, all right, take up your bed. Boy, you are ready. Go receive because your sins are forgiven. My 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 sins. You are created according to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 24. In what? True righteousness. If there's a true righteousness, there's a fake righteousness. You want to know the fake one? Self one. You want to know the true one? The one imparted by faith in Christ Jesus. And he went on to say, and holiness. Because the true one bats holiness. Ephesians 4.24. And you put on the new man, which after God is created. So your spirit man, your recreated human spirit was wired in righteousness. It was designed in righteousness. Customized for righteousness. You know, one of the errors we make in the charismatic circle say, I'm crucifying. Listen, gentlemen, you died with Jesus. You are not trying to crucify. Just the question is, are you trying to resurrect the old man? He's already crucified. You are a new man. God separated it. Why are we trying to put it together? Okay, 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 okay. No. The new man is what? Is in true righteousness and holiness. There is a flow of holiness that comes out of your new man. Let me say this. Righteousness is your standing. Holiness is your conduct. Is a conduct that flows out of what? Your nature. Righteousness is your standing and your nature. You literally have capacity. I mean, you are literally wired for holiness because you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are. You are. That's who you are. That's who you are. That's who you are. Wow. Glory to Jesus. So today's our independence day as a nation. But true independence comes when you understand your true nature. Can we say together, say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Sin has no dominion over me because I've been crucified with Christ. I'm one with him. I share his nature. I share his life. I share his DNA. I share his capacity. I receive my nature of righteousness. Let me say one more thing and our next speaker will come on. Listen, Romans, Romans chapter 5 verse 17. 
Romans chapter 5, verse 17. <laughs> Romans chapter 5, verse 17. He says, if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through Christ Jesus. Now, listen. A bunch of us believe this scripture from the perspective of, oh yeah, I received the gift of righteousness and abundance of grace. I received pastors. But you know in the original Greek it's rendered this way. Those who consistently receive I receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. There must be a conscious receiving. You did not just receive it receive it all the time the same way you receive grace all the time don't you or is it the grace you receive when you got saved in 1988 that you are still living by talk to me you receive it it's a grace up on grace it's a wave you have an accuser that is after you and that's why your consciousness of grace and the gift of righteousness is so vital is that your capacity where reigning is concerned is tied to your consistent receiving. I receive today. Can you imagine you start your day every day say, I receive abundance of grace and of the gift. Oh my God, before you set out, I receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. No. Today is going to be beautiful. I'm walking in dominion. Because I receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. I did not just receive it, I receive it. Today. Oh, come on, did you get it? I receive it today. Because you need it every day. You know, that's the problem. We teach some of these things in our foundation school and they remain as foundation school material. And we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. No, no, no. It's not, for, it's not just for foundation. It's for everyday living. There must not be a day that you forget that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There must not be a day that you forget that is grace that is carrying you. Did you get something? You receive it every day. I receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. And that's how you reign. There's no way you receive these two gifts and not walk in dominion. I receive it all the time. I walk in it. I manifest it. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun. Lagos. Email KMI Africa at Kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 0000640.